What is up, everybody? Welcome into this Tuesday episode of Flippin' Bats. We got a lot of good stuff coming at you today. One up, one down. We also have All-Star Game voting. Phase 2 is now officially underway. Get your votes in. All-Star Game starters are on the line. Who do you want to see in Seattle? We'll be up there, uh, so get the votes in. But I'll give you an update on everybody that is currently involved in the Phase 2 of voting Name that team outfield edition. We got Twitter questions. I'm rocking the Pirate City Connect today. This one's going to be a blast. Let's get to it. Five ball onto the track. At the wall. It's gone. Home run. Turns on a ball. Deep right field. Out. What a game. What a moment. What is up, my friends? Happy Tuesday, everyone. Alex is still out for now. She'll be back on the live episode on Thursday. But for now, the show rolls on. We got a good one today. I'm currently wearing, if you're not watching and you're only listening, I'm wearing the Pirates City Connect. The Pirates sent me this jersey and a hat, and it all came in this cool, nice box. As you can see here, like it was a full presentation in here. They sent it to me. I told them I'd wear it on the day that they first wear their jerseys. So the Pittsburgh Pirates tonight, Tuesday night, are rocking their City Connect for the first time. And I have to say, I like this thing a lot. There's a lot of intricacies involved in the city of Pittsburgh. I, I think it's cool. I like it. I'm going to rock it all day today. Uh, but we got a lot of stuff to talk about today. One up, one down. I also have a good honesty hour. We're going to hop in the trust tree. I got something to be honest about today. Very passionate about it. I'm going to go up on stage. I'm going to demonstrate everything. But it, it, I'll explain that all in a little while. But let's start with the All-Star Game voting update. Because as we speak, it is currently Tuesday, and phase two of the voting is now underway to determine who is going to be the All-Star Game starters. Well, what do we know as of now? We know two starters, one in the National League, one in the American League. Ronald Acuna Jr. was the leading vote-getter in the National League. Shohei Otani was the leading vote-getter in the American League. So those two are officially named All-Star Game starters. So we know that. Other than that, it's on to phase two for everybody that got enough votes to advance. Now, all the votes reset. So if you feel like, well, so-and-so has such a big lead, there's no point in voting. No, no, no. No, no, no. Everything resets. We're now on to phase two, and the voting starts from scratch. In the American League, the finalists for first base are Vladdy Jr. and Yandy Diaz. At second base, the finalists are Marcus Simeon and Whit Merrifield. Third base, we have Josh Young and Matt Chapman. A lot of Blue Jays. A lot of Blue Jays in here. Shortstop, Bo Bichette and Corey Seager. Catcher, Adley Rutschman and Jonah Heim. And in the outfield, the finalists that have advanced to Phase 2 are Aaron Judge, Mike Trout, Randy Arozarena, Jordan Alvarez, Kevin Kiermeyer, Adolis Garcia. Uh, then at the DH position, that is already known. The American League DH is going to be Shohei Otani. On the National League side of things, the finalists at each position, Freddie Freeman and Matt Olson at first base. We have Luisa Rise and Ozzy Albies at second base. Nolan Arenado and Austin Riley at third base. Orlando Arcia and Francisco Lindor are the shortstops. Catchers, we have Sean Murphy and Will Smith. In the outfield, Mookie Betts, Corbin Carroll, Lourdes Gurriel Jr. and Michael Harris have advanced. DH, J.D. Martinez and Bryce Harper. So... You feel passionate about some of those? 
Well, go to MLB.com and vote for who you want to be in the All-Star Game. This sounds like an ad. It's not an ad. If you want to vote, vote. If not, don't vote. Whatever. I'm voting. Uh, I I also think this was a hot take I had. I think Francisco, I, I think Fernando Tatis Jr. should be an All-Star. Hear me out. He's top five in war right now in all of baseball. I might be barking up a tree here because he didn't even advance. He's not, he didn't advance to phase two, but there's, he could get in as a reserve. But I understand not, you know, there's people out there that think he was suspended for what happened and that he shouldn't be an all star. From what, from what has happened on the field, who I, I'm not going to personally punish Fernando Tatis because he already served his suspension. From what we have seen on the baseball field this year, Fernando Tatis is an all-star. He's missed, he missed a month of the season. He's currently top five in baseball in war, wins above replacement, which, by the way, he missed a month. The fact that he's still top five in that is crazy. He's become one of the best, if not the best, defensive right fielder in the game of baseball. And I've said that a few times, and people are like, well, that's ridiculous. Outs above average, defensive run saved. There's one name at the top of both of those in right field. It's Fernando Tatis Jr. He has switched from being a shortstop in Major League Baseball to being a right fielder. And in one year, as of June, end of June, he's statistically one of, if not the best, defensive right fielders in the game of baseball. I think that's miraculous. I think in terms of entertainment value, there's nobody better right now in the game of baseball that puts on a show at games than Fernando Tatis. I think the guy's an all-star. But again, might be barking up a tree here because he didn't advance to phase two, but just a thought that, that came to my mind. But again, phase two is currently ongoing, and it ends Thursday. That ends Thursday, and by that point, all the votes will be in, and then we will know the All-Star starters. Again, this is for who will start in the All-Star game. You can vote between those, and the winner of the voting will be the starting player at that position in the All-Star game. So, one up, one down today. One, my one up... I'm excited about this. As you all know, I just, I want to grow the game of baseball. I want to be a small part in how the game of baseball grows. I want to talk about the game of baseball for a long, long time. My one up today is Major League Baseball attendance. Attendance is on the rise, my friend. First, let's just look back at two weekends ago. So this was Father's Day weekend. The first back-to-back weekends of more than 1.5 million fans since 2017. It was also the best average attendance for a Sunday since 2014 and the best attended Sunday since 2008 with more than 600,000 fans. So a great weekend, yes. But as a whole, and you guys might think I'm crazy. I am a little bit crazy. I love at the end of a night. Baseball games are ending much faster now. There's not a lot of baseball on the West Coast going on until even 10 o'clock. The games are pretty much done by 10. If not, the last one's still going on. At the end of the night, I go through most every box score and look at the attendance from each game and how many fans were there. And I've been amazed this year at the attendance. And so I did a deep dive into all of baseball this year, not just the last few weekends, all of baseball. And it's currently on pace for a 6 to 8% spike in attendance this year, which is pretty significant, a pretty substantial increase in, in attendance. And I, I have a couple theories for this. And when it comes to baseball this year, you know, my, my top 10 power rankings for the last few weeks have been full of a lot of mid market to small market teams. 
I think that's really benefiting the game because you have the teams like the Yankees, the Astros, the Dodgers, the Padres that are typically drawing well. Well, this year's a little, the Padres are drawing very well this year and they've already broken their home attendance record. But the, the elite teams in the league, the big spenders that typically do well attendance wise, well, they're playing okay. They're not the elite of the elite right now. But the teams that aren't always up there, the D-backs, the Orioles, the Rangers, the Rays, the the Reds, what I've seen from the Reds over the last few weekends, that series against the Atlanta Braves, they had the the highest attendance for a three-game weekend series in the history of Great American Ballpark. Because the Cincinnati Reds are fun now. They're fun to watch. They're a winning baseball team. So you have these teams that haven't been great over the course of the last decade for a lot of them and now they are and the fans are showing up in full force whereas the fans are still showing up for the juggernauts of the league whether they're playing great right now or not so I think you have this perfect storm of the elite teams in the league still drawing well because they always will draw well and the small market teams being in it and the fans are back to being so invested and I think that's why we're seeing what's on pace for a six to eight percent spike in attendance for major league baseball this year which is really really cool to see On the opposite side of things, not going up, going down. My one down is Xander Bogarts. Xander Bogarts signed an 11-year, $280 million contract. And for the first, I don't know, few weeks of the season, maybe even first month, it was going great. As of right now, Xander Bogarts is batting 256 on the year with eight homers. And I swear, at least half of those homers came in the first month of the season. So we're not seeing much power from him. Um, he got out of the gate super hot, but you're not paying a guy 11 years, $280 million to hit 256 with eight homers on the year. And look at, I mean, look, this tweet, Hassan Kim now has the same OBP and a higher OPS than Xander Bogarts and twice the war. One makes 7 million and the other makes 26 million a year. I, I'm a big Xander Bogarts fan and I'm not, I, I do think he'll be okay. I, I, he's dealing with a bit of an injury. I think, I, I do think that's playing a factor here. At a certain point, I think you just, Put him on the IL. Look, it's the end of June. We're close to the All-Star break. Let him rest. Get him through the All-Star break. Let him heal up. And next thing you know, I think he's going to be back to being Xander Bogarts. I don't believe Xander Bogarts, the $280 million man, is a 256 hitter. Xander Bogarts is never going to be a guy, never say never, never going to be a guy that hits you 40 homers in a year. But he's going to hit around the 300 mark, if not higher, every year for you. So I do think 256 is an anomaly. But man, this is this is a struggle right now for for Xander Bogarts particularly, but for the San Diego Padres as a whole. Whenever you think they're turning a corner, flipping bats, we were down there two weekends ago. It looked like they were turning a corner. They were playing really good baseball. Then the Rays come to town. They beat the Rays two out of three. They're playing great. And ever since then, they go on to play the Giants. They lose that series. They go on to play the Nationals. They lose a series to the Nationals over the weekend. And it's just back to a big old question mark on the San Diego Padres of, is this team ever going to turn it around? And if they do, is it going to be too late? A big part of this whole team is Xander Bogarts, and he needs to pick it up offensively. I do believe he will. But, you know, I was just, I was watching a game the other day, saw he was struggling, and then I looked into the numbers and realized this has been 
since that hot start, a real big struggle for Xander Bogarts. So he is my one down this week. MLB attendance up, and Xander Bogarts is my one down. All right, I don't, I don't like that Xander Bogarts is struggling, but I had to be honest, but I'm a big Xander Bogarts fan. But speaking of being honest, it's time for Honesty Hour. <laughs> you see what I did there? Honesty Hour. We're hopping in the trust tree, and what we're going to talk about today is how Major League Baseball needs to completely change the balk rule. And for this, I'm going to head on up to our brand new LED floor. And yes, it stems from the Ryan Stanek balk in the Astros Dodgers game over the weekend that took place but there's there's more to it so I'm gonna head on up here and we're gonna talk about why this rule needs to change now behind me currently on our brand new LED wall or yeah the wall behind me is the Ryan Stanley play where he steps off but apparently well, not apparently he steps off the rubber but just before that happened, there's a slight, slight twitch of his knee that you can barely see. If you're watching, it happens right there. It's really quick, and then he steps off. He's called for a balk. The winning run ends up coming in to score, what would eventually be the winning run. Here's why I'm saying this rule needs to change. Honestly, it has nothing to do with this play. It's just fresh on my mind because of it. But I was thinking this as a player. And for the reasoning here, let's go back to the roots of the rule. Why is the bulk rule even in place? Well, it's to give the runner a fighting chance in terms of stealing a base. I can't get on the rubber right here, come set, and then I can't pretend like I'm going to go home and then actually just stop and turn around and pick off the runner. I can't do that because there's a runner behind me and what it would look like is something like, ah, I got you, and then I'm going to pick over and get you out that way. Nope, you can't do that. And that completely makes sense. The whole nature of the rule is that you can't deceive the runner so he can have a fighter's chance to get to whatever base he wants to, to steal the base. Now, in terms of what we just saw with Ryan Stanek or a lot of these ticky-tacky calls that we see being called, a guy gets on the rubber, and in terms of Stanek, he wasn't even set. His knee just does that, and then he steps off, okay? Why I think this rule needs to change. If there's not an intent to deceive a runner, if it's not a completely egregious call to begin with, then let's just, let's just let it go. You know what is an attempt to deceive a runner? If I'm a left-handed pitcher, picking off over to first base. That's an intent to deceive the runner. If I get here and then I lift my leg and I pick over to first base, well, I'm literally trying to deceive the runner. If I'm a righty, and I do the same going over to third base. Guess what? I'm intentionally trying to deceive the runner. An inside move. If I'm making an inside move to get the runner at second. Look, I'm standing right here on the rubber. I come set. I lift my leg. And then I turn to throw to second base. That in itself is a deceitful move to get the runner out. So just the rule in itself has a lot of oxymorons involved. And it just is a hypocrite in itself. If it's not egregious, let it go. So for this one, I'm going to stand sideways. I know this mound that we have in the floor is facing straight. But for this one, I'm going to face sideways. Here's one that I think is important to continue to call, but one that's very interesting. And when we used to play the Yankees, there was a pitcher on that minor league team and the Yankees organization that we knew ahead of time had a bulk move. These are 
these are examples of what I'm saying. This should be called and you shouldn't be allowed, allowed to do it. And it doesn't exactly come off as egregious if you're just watching. However, let me get on this rubber here sideways. If I come set, a bulk move is when you bend your front knee ever so slightly first, as if I'm going to go home, bend and then pick. Because as a base runner, what I am looking for is the front leg, knee, ankle, whatever you want to look at. Base runners are, all base runners are different, but you have different cues in terms of when you run. Sometimes I'll look at the ankle, sometimes I'll look at knee, but if you're looking at either one of those and a pitcher's doing a bulk move where they move that first, but it's really quick and then they pick off to first, well, guess what? I'm already taking a step to second base. I'm out at first base. Stuff like that, yes. Can't allow that. If I'm an umpire and I see a pitcher do this and then pick, yeah, you can't do that either. Guess what? A few years ago, we got rid of the third to first rule. Remember where a pitcher could come set and then you could pick to third and then, oh, nope, I'm actually going to first. Absolutely ridiculous that that was even allowed in the first place. But it was. Shouldn't allow that. Totally agree with that. Unless it is egregious, you, you just shouldn't be making the call. Okay? We need to change the rule. So again, I don't blame it. I don't want to get caught up and did the umpire make the right call or not let's just simplify it if it's like a well why that's ridiculous you can't do that yeah call a balk allow the runner to get to the next base but if, if we have a pitcher for instance like what happened with Ryan Sanic coming set right I'll do it sideways coming set and then as he's like coming up his knee like shakes or he's trying to get like settled in and then steps off the mound Come on. And this is in regards to any team ever. I get by letter of the law, we can call it. Come on. Who, who's it hurting? Who's it deceiving? If I'm a runner, I'm not even, I'm not even taking my lead yet. Like I'm, I'm two steps off the base. Like, come on. Honesty hour, change the balk rule. And I don't know what the wording's going to be like. I'm not an MLB official that needs to write down the exact letter of the law. Change the rule. So that unless it's something completely egregious, play on. If a guy, you know what, even if, if a pitcher is on the mound and it's 10 degrees outside and he doesn't have much hand and feeling in his hand and he drops the ball on the mound, why is that a balk? If the runner wants to run, he can certainly run. But if he shouldn't just give the guy the next base because the pitcher dropped the ball. It's not deceiving anybody. Come on. Let's just use our noggin here. Baseball has rules that are still in place from when Oil Cam Boyd and Three Finger Mordecai Brown were pitching. Okay? Sometimes the game needs to evolve by just using a little bit of common sense. And by saying a pitcher's back leg moved a millimeter when you really slow it down so he gave the advantage to himself. No. Come on. Let's just be smart. Let's change the rule. And unless something completely ridiculous happens, it's not a balk and play on. That's my honesty hour for today. All right. Now it is time... For one of my favorite segments, it largely depends on how I do, whether it's my favorite of the week or not. But it is name that team time. And with Alex still out, it's time to bring it on in, bring back in producer Taylor, who, fun fact, producer Taylor used to be on every once in a while. But since then, he's the guy behind the scenes coming up with all the name that team. So he puts it all together, and now he's out here and going to walk me through this. So, Taylor, how, how am I going to do this week? I mean, I'm a big positivity guy. I'm going three for three. Whoa! 
Producer Trip said zero for three. So yeah, this is going to be a hard one there. And you like to set me up for failure. So all right, let's. Uh, this is outfield edition. Outfield, correct? yeah. Three outfielders, and I have to name that team. All right, pretty self-explanatory. Yeah. So if people didn't know, it's where they signed out of, whether it's high school, college, or the country. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. No excuses. Well, some excuses. Okay, here we go. Left field. Signed out of Puerto Rico. Center field. High school in Georgia. Right field, Venezuela. Benjamin, name that team. Left field, Puerto Rico. Center field, high school guy out of Georgia. Right field, Venezuela. I'm going to go the Atlanta Braves. Mm. Look at you, starting off strong. One for one. Let's go. Hold you. All right. We're on that path. We're on that path. Take Are you that. Ready? Take that producer trip. Yeah. All right. One for one. All right. Team two. Yep. You ready? Yep. Left field, out of Oregon State. Center field, out of the legendary St. John's River State College. <laughs> right field, Kansas State. Benjamin, name that team. Oregon State. Yeah, we the know you're a juggernaut that is St. John's River State College of St. John's River and Kansas State. Mm. Uh. We know you're a big West Coast college guy. Uh, I don't like this. I thought that St. John's River State College would have gave it away. Do you? You thought that would give it away? Yeah. My, when I, I can't get this out of my head. When I see Oregon State, my mind goes to Michael Conforto. And I think we just did the Giants. Mm, that is accurate. I'll give you that clue. Not the Giants. Oh, 15 seconds. Oh, my God. Oregon State, St. Rivers, Johns River Community, River College, Kansas State. I don't know it. Mm. I don't know it. Don't, just play Anything? The, hit me with the beeper. Yeah, I'll, I'll beeper. go. Yeah, I don't mm. know. Cleveland Guardians. Yeah, I didn't know that. Nothing? Steven Kwan, left field? No, I get it now. Okay. Yeah, okay, it's fine. I get it. Now well, I know it. Well, I told you, it finished in between zero and three. So yeah, one here we go. Two. Big moment for Big you. Big one. Big moment for you. Okay. Team number three. Left field signed out of Mexico. Mm. Center field signed out of the Dominican Republic. Mm. Right field high school out of Georgia. Ben, name that team. Mexico, Dominican Republic, high school out of Georgia. Oh, boy. This one, also not the Giants. Yeah, thanks. Mexico. Um. Is? No. 30 seconds. Yeah, I see it. Thanks. Team guy. <sighs> Mexico. Signed out of Mexico. Dominican Republic. High school out of Georgia. Uh, Tampa Bay Rays. God, you got it. Yes! That was the one I thought you were to give me Because Randy Rosarena signed out of Mexico, but from Cuba. Yep, I know. WBC got yep. me there. Is that, the, oh, is that what did it? That I I just need to decompress for a second. That I my brain is on overload right now. Two for three. Yep. Feel really good about that. Taylor, thank you for all your contributions 
to name that team and everything else. Yeah, well, so giving yourself an A plus, I'm assuming. Or? No, 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 I missed one. A. Okay. Flat out A. I'll That's name that team. Two for three. Good day. Good day. All right. Before we finish up this Tuesday show, it is time for some Twitter questions. So we're gonna put them in the wall, and we'll see what we got this week. So let's get to it with the first one we got from Michael Harris enthusiast. Thoughts on the Braves and Reds series? I have a lot of thoughts on this series. Uh, one, I imagine from your name that you're a big Braves fan, so I'll explain this. But my first thought from the Braves-Reds series is that the Cincinnati Reds are the real deal. And the reason I preface with that is because as a Braves fan, I hope you understand that I already realized the Braves are the real deal. They were my pick to get to the World Series out of the NL, and they've done nothing except for make me feel better about that this entire year. They are a great team going into Cincinnati who had won 11 in a row, I believe, when the series started, 12 after their first win of the series. Every game of the series was a one-run ball game. Uh, the, the place was packed. The largest crowd, attendance-wise, in a Friday through Sunday series in the history of Great American Ballpark. The Reds are fun, and this series, though they ended up losing two of three, didn't disprove anything to me. In fact, it proved what I already realized, that this team is real, they're a lot of fun to watch, and they can hang with the best in the league. So we'll see what the future holds for the Reds. I love watching them. I love Ellie De La Cruz. I love that Joey Votto is now back and a part of this team. So uh, Braves were already real. We knew that. For me, this series proved that I, I hope we could, I wish these two teams could play every single weekend. The place was electric. It was so much fun, and uh, it was a really, really good series. So the Reds are for real. Good question. What we got next? Why are most baseball players good at golf? What are the similarities and differences in the swing? <laughs> I, my first thought goes to why, are most base, why do most baseball players play golf? I know a lot of bad baseball players at golf. I think it's the obvious, I think most every baseball player plays. And to your point, a lot are, a lot are very good. I think the reason is because the swings are very similar. There's a lot of whatever you work out for baseball to become better also benefits you in golf. There are things that benefit you a lot, which are, you know, working your torque and how much force you have through the ball and all of that stuff. Rotation, you, you know how to rotate and all of that stuff is great. It's also what can hurt you. Because the swings are very similar, if you don't know how to differentiate between the two or you just go up there and swing a golf club like it's a baseball bat, you're going to slice it 200 yards right into the woods. If you don't know how to figure that out, you're going to hit it a long, long way in the wrong direction, which tends to happen a lot. But a lot of baseball players are also good at instruction and tweaking things to get in a better place, meaning they eventually can work their baseball swing out of their golf swing, which for me has been about a five, six-year process, and I'm still working on it, but it is a process nonetheless, and Pretty much every baseball player I know plays golf. I, I think it's just because it's relaxing while also being extremely frustrating, if that makes sense. I, I don't know. Very similar swings. It helps you, and a lot of baseball players are good at golf. But good question. What do we got next? Ben, I want to be a Royals fan and almost had hope after the Rays series, but I keep being disappointed. Is there any hope for the Royals, or should I jump ship? I think to answer this, it involves like how long have you been a fan? If you want to be a Royals fan, to me that says you weren't a Royals fan when they won the World Series, meaning 
absolutely get out. Because if it hasn't been a deep-rooted fandom, then you should just you should move on and find a different, more exciting team. Because right now, the Royals are not good. There's not a ton of hope in the near future. So I think I think that's my answer. If it's deep-rooted in family history or you're from Kansas City, you're stuck with them. Pick the Royals. If you're like a new fan of the game of baseball and you're trying to get into it and you're figuring out who to root for, I would put the Royals not at the very top of that list. They're probably towards the bottom. So maybe, maybe jump ship. I think that's our last question of the day, if I'm not mistaken, which means that does it for our Tuesday first show. We have two. We have another one coming up, the bonus edition this week in Shohei Otani News. A lot to talk about there. But for this first Tuesday episode, my friends, that does it. Make sure, watch the Pirates tonight. They're going to be rocking for the first time ever their City Connect Uni. So, Pirates, thank you for sending me this. I love it. There's also a hat. There's a shirt. There's a cool box. I don't know what I'm going to do with the box, but it's cool. So, thank you again for sending that. And thank you all for listening to this first Tuesday episode. Make sure you subscribe anywhere you listen to your podcast, Apple. Spotify, wherever. We're also on all social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and you can watch everything on YouTube at Flippin' Bats Pod for all of them. Until next time, my friends, this has been another episode of Flippin' Bats.